You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. Well, welcome to Trinity. Uh, I'm Greg Rathke. If you have not been to Trinity before, uh, I am now the vicar at Trinity, which means I am basically a student pastor. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to get started tonight with a couple questions. So you have to put your thinking caps on. You'll be at a disadvantage if you weren't here last weekend worshiping with us. First question. We had an old theme that that Pastor Gerber preached on for about eight weeks. Who remembers what that theme was? And it begins with P. Proclamation. Yes. Second question. What do you think our new theme's going to be during Lent? There it is. Poured out. Poured out. Third question. Who can remember what Pastor Gerber wanted us to remember? A short three-letter sentence from his message. Who remembers? And I'll give you, let me give you a little background. Remember it was Jesus and his three disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration. And God the Father, he he talked to Jesus and the group, and he said, this is my beloved son, and what did he say next? Listen to him. Listen to him. That's good advice. Did you listen to him this week? Were you in the word this week? That's how we listen to him. Well, we're going to have a new small little sentence, but I'm not going to let you know what it is yet. You have to wait. And it will become fairly obvious. You might even figure it out when we read the scripture that we're going to be preaching on today and you're going to be listening on today. But before we do that, let's read from Luke chapter 6 again. Can we put that up there? And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Next screen. You guys probably know what's coming, right? To be tempted by the devil. And that's what we're going to preach on. That's what we're going to think on. Now that's only for 40 days being tempted by the devil and he ate nothing during those days and when they were ended he was hungry. That's it. Okay? There was more to our gospel lesson. But we're going to stop right there. He was tempted by the devil. Okay? But he was also full of the Holy Spirit. I cut it off short because there's so much in 
those 13 verses. There's probably 20 different themes we could, we could talk about tonight. But we are going to focus on one word tonight. It begins with W. What is it? Wilderness. Wilderness. Okay? Most versions say he was tempted and he went to the wilderness. So what do you envision when you think about Jesus going into the wilderness? Well, I found a few pictures. Maybe these are, maybe these are wildernesses you think of. Do you, do you think of kind of an Amazon jungle when you think about the wilderness that Jesus went into? Let's look at the next one. That's a little bit more mountainous. A little snow up there. Kind of rocky. Looks like a wilderness. How about the next one? I think there might be some trout in that stream. Jeff, what do you think? <laughs> that would be my type of wilderness. One more? I think there's two more. We'll go forward. Hmm. That's kind of what I think. Personally, that's kind of what I think of when Jesus was sent to the wilderness. And there might be one more. Or kind of like that. Yikes. 40 days. Didn't eat a thing. And you know, Satan talks about, or excuse me, Scripture tells us about three temptations. But it also says the devil is with him the whole time. You're, you're telling me that the devil only, only tested him three times? Are we tested every day? You better believe we are. But we need some more background, okay? We need more background before we get, before we get into figuring out how Jesus is going to overcome his wilderness. So we are going to look at Luke chapter 3, 21 to 22, which is just before. So here we go. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. I absolutely love that vision. Jesus has just been baptized by John. He comes out of the Jordan River, heaven opens, and boom! Holy Spirit! It's better, than, it's better than a Marvel movie. You know why it's better? Because it really happened. Do you realize how much power Jesus had when he received all of the Holy Spirit? Thump. God the Father was getting him ready to go to the wilderness. Our gospel said he went directly to the wilderness after being baptized. His ministry is 
is beginning, isn't it? There's no turning back now. There's no turning back now. One of my uh, favorite stories in the Bible that, that shows this unbelievable power that Jesus had is the story of, of the woman. The woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. And she had been to every doctor. And nothing would cure her. So he's in a big crowd. You remember? He was in a big crowd walking with his disciples. Just people everywhere. Can you imagine how many people wanted just to touch him, to be with him, to be healed? And then this woman comes along. Let's see what happens. Can we go to that slide? And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, and this is, this, remember, the woman just touched a piece of his clothing. Just touched a piece of his clothing. And look at, Jesus feels that power go out of him. He said, who touched my garments? Next. Can you imagine that? That type of power? But see, Jesus got an extra boost that maybe you have never considered before. You better believe he got that Holy Spirit, and that is exciting. And it's the same Holy Spirit that we have. That's even more exciting. We just don't have quite as much. Did you notice what Jesus, what God, his Father, God the Father, said to Jesus? He said, you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. Let me ask you a question. There's a hundred strangers sitting over here. And over here is there's only one person but it's your father. These 100 people all kind of give you a compliment. That's a very nice shirt. 100 compliments coming at you, right? But your father gives you a compliment. Which one means most? 100 or 1? One? 1. 1. I think back to... Um, my dad. And I'm of the age where my dad was not too far removed from being in a German uh, heritage of not much emotion, not much hugging, not much, just tough. You know what I mean? Just kind of tough. And things kind of were assumed. And, and I, I, don't, I don't really remember my dad ever, like, directly giving me a compliment, if that makes any sense. But he complimented me all the time. And, it, and did it ever boost my spirits and boost my, my confidence? It'd be, it might be something like this. Um, we might be sitting around uh, for lunch, and um, he, would, he would maybe say something like, uh, 
Oh, Joe Smith was in this morning, and he said he had never seen a finish to a race like that last night at the track meet. You see, he didn't say, man, you did a great job last night, but he, but he, but he told me you did a great job last night. We, uh, we did a lot of setting lines in the Elkhorn River when I was a kid. And I'm not sure why, but my dad got the idea that, um, actually, I, I know why he got this idea. He, he got tired of checking lines at, you know, at midnight on the bank, and the lines that get tangled up in trees and limbs and, and old cars that were laying in there, and, and then you had all the mosquitoes eating you alive. So guess what we started doing? We started right, walking right out in the middle of the river. And we discovered that when the, the sandbars are forming, the water just kind of comes off them a little bit. Well, the catfish love to hang out right where the water comes off. It might be two or three feet water, but we put three hooks on a line, tie a railroad spike to the end, toss it out there, catfish like crazy. And no one could ever figure out how we caught all these catfish all the time. But it brings me to the point, we worked hard at that. And again, might be sitting around the kitchen table. And he'd say, I showed Joe Smith all those catfish heads we caught last night. He couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe we could catch that many catfish. Did he directly give me a compliment? But did he give me a compliment? That's maybe how your parents operated. So now think about Jesus. Heavens open up. And God, his father, says, this is my beloved son. What else did he say? With whom I am well pleased. Do you see how Jesus was ready now? He was ready. He had a direct connection with God, his Father. He had the Holy Spirit. It was go time, and there was no looking back. There was no looking back. So my question to you is, what is your wilderness? What is your wilderness are you going through a wilderness right now? We all have. Some of us go through a lot of wildernesses. I don't have a wilderness right now. But I've had plenty. Have you lost a child? That's a wilderness. Have you had cancer? Are you in chronic pain? That's a wilderness. How about your marriages? 
Have you had a broken marriage? Have you had to, have you had to get through that wilderness? Not only do we have wildernesses like that, but we have, we're tested, aren't we? We're tested by temptations. We're tested about, honestly, it's the first commandment. What is the first commandment? You shall have no other gods. I'm the only one. Whew. I may not have any wildernesses going on in my life right now, but I sure got a lot of temptations. And I've got a lot of tests. I sure like to watch Husker football. Almost religiously. And I think religiously sometimes. Right now the women are playing basketball. Guess what I'd like to be watching? Yeah. Pornography? Is that a real temptation? Get your phone out. There it is. When I was a kid, it was only my, maybe your, your, your best friend next door, maybe his, maybe his older brother had a playboy. Not anymore. It's in my pocket. It's one click away. There's so many things. How do we get through our wildernesses? How do we overcome our temptations? Maybe it's not even fair. Why do we even have these temptations? Why do we have these tests? Why do we have these wildernesses? Well, there's a reason. Let's go to James chapter 1. James is actually the brother of Jesus. Did you know that? Jesus was the brother. James was the brother of Jesus. And his brothers, they weren't buying it. They weren't buying it. But they finally figured it out. I'm not sure if we always buy it. So I have to be in the Word. We have to stay connected. This is what James has to say about tests in our life, wildernesses in our life. He says, count it all joy. Hmm. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Joy? Is there one more, I think? Maybe there's a couple more. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. It's okay that we're tested, that we go through wildernesses. It tests our faith, doesn't it? So how do you handle your wildernesses? Three, three things I'm kind of thinking of, maybe the way you handle them. Do you blame God? Do you bargain with God? Have you ever, think back, have you ever said, God, if, if, if you let this happen, then I'll do this. Been there, done that. Guess what? I broke the bargain. Guarantee you that. Maybe you get angry with God. It's okay. 
There's a quote that I found from a, a biblical scholar named Daryl Block. And, and it says, if I am to grow spiritually, I can expect trial. If I'm to grow spiritually, I need to look to God in the midst of it. When you're in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your wilderness, some of you are in one right now, some of you have been, and we're all going to be, do you look to God in the midst of it? Well, how did Jesus figure it out? How did Jesus get through his temptation? How did he get through his wilderness? You know, Satan made one final push. He made one final push. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, Monday, Thursday, where did he end up that night? Garden of Gethsemane, right? Let's see how he handled that, because he knew it was coming. There was no turning back, but he wanted it to turn back. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. Prayed. Saying, Father, if you are willing to remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. What's our, what's our new theme? Poured out. When I think of Jesus and his, he, he's pouring it out, isn't he? He's pouring it out. And he'll pour it out for us, too. We just, have, we just have to stay connected. We just have to stay connected. So how do, we, how do we stay connected? Well, Pastor Gerber told us last week, one way to stay connected, what did he say? Listen to him, right? Listen to him. Here comes our new sentence that I told you we were going to get to. And this is what we want to focus on. Talk to him. What did Jesus do when he felt the, the weight of the world on him so much so that he is sweating blood? What did he do? Begins with P. You can shout it out. He prayed. He prayed. How's your prayer life going? How's your prayer life going? We did the being challenge in October. That was one of our, our habits that we talked about. Praying, that's something that Jesus did. One of the five habits. Praying was one of them. But you know, we can have good intentions to pray, but then we don't. That's me. Have you ever... Uh, well, I'm, I know you have. Has anyone ever said, oh, I'll pray for you, and then you wonder, they're not going to pray for me. How about your phone? The little emoji? You ever hit the prayer, the hands, the praying, the hands? Do you, do you hit it and go, oh, I'm good now? Or do you really pray? 
Good question, huh? Good question. You know a really good way to remember to pray for those who need prayer and you say, I'm going to, you got to write it down, don't you? If you don't write it down or put it in a, in a spreadsheet, that's what I started doing. So now I've got a spreadsheet and I got a little list, family, special prayers. You can have all the categories you want in the world. But it does need to become a habit. It needs to become a priority. Because we have to stay connected to God. That's how Jesus got through his wilderness. He received the Holy Spirit. But then he stayed connected to God. We have to talk to him. We have to talk to him. The daily dose, that's an awesome new little, uh, little helper that we have now. The daily dose. You can either bring it home with you tonight, the hard copy. You can, you can get it uh, kind of pinned on your computer. What an awesome way to be in the Word and to talk to Him and to pray to Him every day. Anyone do portals of prayer? My mom always did portals of prayer. Like it. Every single night, I never, ever saw her not do portals of prayer and do the Bible readings. The thing that I've been doing is um, I found a nice devotion on Lutheran Hour Ministries, and on the bottom of it is, after the devotion, there's a, a reading scriptures in a year. And I started that in October. And I cannot believe how... God talks to me through reading the Word. You don't have to be a, bob, a biblical scholar. You just got to read. You just got to be in the Word. Started golfing not too long ago. And at first, I was like so competitive. I'd like get mad if I missed a four foot putt, whatever, you know. I'd be all by myself. And then, and then we had the being challenged in October, and it's like, this is dumb. What an, what an awesome opportunity for me to talk to God. I think some people think I'm crazy out there now. I'm out there by myself, and I'm talking to Jesus. It's like, well, here we go, next hole. Maybe I'll make the putt next time. Out loud. Wow, that's okay. But you don't have to talk out loud. When you're driving in the car, do you ever pray to Jesus? That's a good time. Maybe you need to set your alarm. Three o'clock every day, alarm goes off. What's that for? Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. Stay connected. If you're already listening to him, and if you're already talking to him, good for you. Keep it up. If you need to up your game, I have some good news. You can call him at any time. The same Holy Spirit that sustained Jesus in his wilderness, in his wilderness experiences, is the same Holy Spirit we receive on our own baptisms. But the, but the news just gets better. We have a 365, 24-7 direct hotline to Jesus. Do you realize that? He's just waiting for us to pick up our phones and give him a ring. He will listen to us anytime, anywhere. Talk to him. 
Amen.